Have you ever been told you take TV too seriously? Well, this is the podcast for you. I'm Michelle. I'm Nikki. And we're diving into the media of our childhoods and beyond. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's serious, but we're always getting into it. Which characters should have been queer? Which of our favorite kids who is a racist all along? Stay tuned. Spoiler alert, probably all of them. So what are we watching today? Also, hi. <laughs> hi, what's up? <laughs> We've never spoken before this moment. It's all a lie. It's media tricks. Um, give away the tricks. <laughs> my bad. Don't look behind the curtain. Yeah, what's this movie? It's The Incredibly True Adventure of Two Girls in Love. Released yes. in 1995. <laughs> the uh, fallout boy of lesbian movie titles. <laughs> so true. But <laughs> we love it. <laughs> I've never really can remember the exact title no, of the movie because it's title. so long. <laughs> I read it. I'm just saying, yeah. like, it's always so long. I'm just like, I don't know, two girls in love or something. It's what I always mix up if it's like incredibly or incredible. It could be adventure. It would make sense. Adventure, you know? I mean, was it they, multiple adventures or just the one? I guess it depends on how you're defining it. Cause you could, you could like take their multiple dates as like adventures or you could take their whole relationship as an adventure, you know? It depends on how yeah. you interpret it. Yeah. You know, I don't think it needs to roll off the tongue. It's fine. It's memorable. It's not. I just know it's, it's two girls in love. It's memorable. I as a found movie. it memorable. No, no, the, the movie's memorable. I remember. It's just like a tongue twister. So then I'm like, yeah. okay. I remember that it's long. That's but so I guess that is memorable. <laughs> I remember the cover of the movie because it gives 90s font. Have you seen? Oh recently? my gosh, I love the cover. Let's look it at the cover. It gives peak 90s font. I love it. <laughs> The director, um, she wanted something else for the cover. I think from the scene where they are in the field together and they're mm. lying, lying on the grass. But for whatever reason, that did not get chosen. This image is better than that. I like this image. It's look good with the sunset and the like. Okay, it's funny because when you look on the Wikipedia, there's like, they flipped the image and it's closer and there's a car. Yeah, and it's uh, yellow. What is that? I don't know what, what we're doing. What is the point of that? I like it better than love- the sunset. Yeah, I don't like this yellow thing we're doing here. No. And there's a black one, too, which is... I'm not mad. With with the picture in the corner. I don't like it. Yeah. No. I don't like the pictures thing, because the picture looks like a mistake. What are we doing? Anyway, everyone look that up, because it has a very 90s vibe, all three of them. (laughs) So, what's the movie about? Oh, the movie... It's about two girls in love. Duh, what? Anyway. Well, yes, but what specifically? Okay. Randy Dean is a boyish lesbian. Obviously from the name. <laughs> With a name like that, of course, she's going to end up being a boyish lesbian. Come on. Um, who works at a gas station, has trouble performing in high school, and is treated badly by bigoted locals because of her sexual identity. She begins an unlikely friendship with one of her school's popular girls, the affluent Evie. But when their friendship blossoms into a romance, the two find themselves struggling with the intricacies and pitfalls of discovering love and having to reveal their relationship to friends and family. So it was directed by Maria Magenti, written by Maria Magenti, produced by Dolly Hall, cinematography by Tammy Riker. Okay, edited by Susan Grafe, music by Terry Dame and Tom Judson. And then in the cast is Laurel Holloman as Randall, Randy Dean. Okay, if they named the, the child Randall. Randall. <laughs> literally, 
the whole subplot about the mom being homophobic and not talking to her anymore makes no sense if you're going to even shop Randall. <laughs> okay. We've talked a little bit about names and obviously blah, 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 gender, blah, 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 blah. But also this name is typically masculine. I've Randall. never heard of Randall being a name for all genders. And it's like fine if it is, but it's like, it's just not a thing that would but be then well, also, well don't known. Don't be mad that like you gave your daughter a masculine name and then she's like, yeah, and ends up being masculine herself. That's on you. There's like a specific era of lesbian media, not even just films, but like books as well, mm-hmm. where the character is given a quote unquote masculine name because as the plot synopsis said, like <laughs> this character is boyish and boyish also lesbian. Like, yeah. And how are you going to know this character is gay unless we give them like a guy's name? I feel like you were like, I would love to have a boyish lesbian daughter. <laughs> I, I want, mm-hmm. but how can I make sure this happens? I know I'm naming her Randall. How like, are you mad? How are you mad? whatever interesting yeah. interesting choices that the cis heads make all right mm-hmm. also laurel hallman for any Elward fans you know her as tina it was very interesting when i first saw it i was like this is okay sure this is a where are they now or where were they when actually yeah where were they when yeah um, nicole and laurel amazing they auditioned together i think and their chemistry was just like phenomenal if i recall correctly like laurel at one point identified as bisexual because of this movie and she got married and then took it back it's still probably true she just seems to be not like i don't know it feels a little bit like i mean identify how you identify sure sure do what you want it's fine fine. it's like how, how are you just rolling back your attraction to women because you got married right. to a man. It just feels like, yeah, you're just like, I'm into this man. Which, that, sure, that's fine. That's great. But apparently, she really enjoyed that love scene. <laughs> she was like, identifying as bi for a second there. I mean, to be honest, that entire gay show she was on was also super biphobic. So even if she did still want to like hold mm-hmm. that identity in some way, she was on the show for a long time that made it sound like that wasn't a thing for real. So Specifically with her character. Which yeah, is, they did that to her. I wonder if that's when I'd have to look at look at all up all over again. But I wonder if that's part of it. Like that has to add something. I mean, in the script, they basically were telling um, Laurel's character Tina, like we're talking about that word, that she's a traitor. Never mind that. Like Alice was by. Um, I mean, it's fine if some someone's like experiencing combat and you want to talk about that. But also, like, there were at least three characters that, like, what if they were by? The 2000s were not a great time for well-written scenes no. with inner queer communities sometimes. No. It was just, like, people sort of knew how to write specific things. Like, these are all gay dude friends. These are all lesbian friends. Mm-hmm. But that's not... Everything in the middle or any intermixing of people who have multiple identities that aren't straight, that was mm-hmm. not written very well. No, it was pretty trash. Yeah. Back to the 90s lesbians. Back to the 90s lesbians. Okay, 
Nicole Ari Parker is Evelyn Evie Roy Jr., which again is another thing in the movie where I'm just like, okay, y'all do these things. And then you're just like, what? You're into this girl. Well, <laughs> wait, how did you get that from this one? Because just... like her, I remember there was a whole scene where her mom was like making a whole like speech about how I named you Jr. because I should be able to do it because like men do it all Feminism, the time rah, rah, rah. which is great i'm all for that and again all and i'm saying was, is this was pre-lorelei gilmore doing that with worry and Ro- and lorelei didn't even use the term junior so mm-hmm. did she fully commit not really i mean not really <laughs> i'm just so i'm just saying this like non-conformity of choices that we're all making here instead of evie being the nickname that she goes by like she could just be going by junior the way a lot of like sons do <laughs> that would be really cute and also very then more gay yeah yeah um maggie moore <laughs> as wendy kate stafford as rebecca uh nelson rodriguez as frank sabrina r.i.p nelson yeah rest in peace to him he Aww. he died shortly after um really after the film yeah Damn. yeah he was 21 years old and then he died two years later of aids shortly after the release of the film oh he was a well-known drag queen around town and had Mm. been a drag queen since his early teens he was also a photographer and he has a series on living with aids that can be found on visualaids.org wow he did great he did i really liked his character yeah i just love i love i appreciate movies that show that gay people are friends with other gay people because some movies like to pretend like that's not a thing i'm like it usually is. Mm-hmm. It usually is most of the time. Like your friends are also queer. Right. Queer people find each other. I also like the lesbian gay guy solidarity there. You don't always see that That's in true. media. And I like it. <laughs> Sabrina Artel as Vicky. Okay. I don't know if the rest of these people like are that. Oh, Dale Dickey as Regina. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, is that the family friend? Sure. Like, I don't remember. Like, slash the aunts. Oh, ex. okay. Yeah, yeah. That, That's my that guess. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> Girl. Um, I'm the, yeah. Stephanie, Stephanie Barry is Evelyn Roy Sr. Um, so. John Elson as Ali. Who's Ali? Is he the guy who was, like, angry about... Um, oh, probably. What is her name? I literally Wendy? Because is I that was, Wendy? Yeah, Wendy. I think Wendy's, Wendy's the one who, like... Yeah, the, the like 20 something dating the 17 year old. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. A little, a little bit of trivia. And then we're going to dive in to everything else. This is the film debut of Nicole Ari Parker and Laurel Holloman. They were so young. They were such babies. I think Nicole was 17 and Laurel might have been like a year older or something. Oh, so they were actually that young. Dang. They were very, very young. Yeah. Wow. Um, and Nicole actually couldn't drive at the time. So all of the scenes that you see, with, she's supposed to be driving, which kind of is a, a big part of the plot. Like there are plenty of scenes right, she, driving and that, that's how they meet. Like, yeah, it's the whole thing is that she has a car that she's like, what do I do? And she goes to the mechanic and that's where Randy works. And like, that's the whole meet cute. Honestly, they probably didn't know because I've heard this thing where a lot of actors who just like are auditioning for the first time will be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I can do it. Yeah, yeah. I could do that. I could drive. I can like roller skate, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then you don't yes, think it's like, going to come that. up. You know, you never <laughs> think it's going to actually come up. And then suddenly it's a big part of the plot. 
Yeah. I think they're just like, well, let's go with it. Cause like who else is going to do it? You're great for this. If you just need to have someone in a front seat of a car and they drive away, like that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And then they would have someone just drive for her. Like there's another black woman on the crew. So it's like, okay, we just need to see the shot going over here. So we're shooting from behind. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, and that's also why Randy is like driving later when they like are making their getaway. Yeah. It's supposed right. to be Evie in the script. I don't even think the director told them to do that either. Cause I think they probably would have done the workaround thing, mm-hmm. but just in the like chaos of the scene, Laurel was like, I'm driving. <laughs> I mean, it makes it go faster. You save more time. Yeah. <laughs> what was your um, memory of the movie? I remember the scenes between the leads being like super soft and romantic. I don't know. I just had a fondness for the overall tone and feeling of the movie. I think I watched it at some point around end of high school, maybe beginning of college or something. The time to seek out all gay content. Sure. Yeah. That's mostly my memory of it. What about you? Yeah, I probably also watched it. I'm sure somewhere around my like early 20s, like either on like Logo or some similar channel or Netflix. And I also just remember it being like mostly pretty like pleasant and nice and like chill (laughs) and like cute. And I didn't remember all the details, but just kind of like, yeah, wow, that was a cute movie. Look at that. That Yeah, I I didn't remember all the details. I know I was super like I was just very excited because a black gay woman, you know, like, yeah. Because a lot of the content that I had been seeing up until that point was just very white. Mm-hmm, definitely. Still sometimes this. <laughs> and now it's the issue of like, okay, that's great. Does every relationship have to have a white person? Because I know plenty of people who are Black and they date other Black people or mm-hmm. just like people of color. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. whatever. But I was just like, yay for Evie. I mean, there's like some bullying homophobia in there but it's like in the background enough to not feel like it was like overtaking the whole vibe you know like it was like sure we acknowledge that like it's 1995 randy would get bullied because it's 1995 and she's like a butch lesbian and also mm-hmm. most of the movie is just them sitting in fields together and like reading a book and talking about their dreams and shit yeah it kind of felt like this is like the facts of life and in like race coming up and stuff and like the way that all of these things are presented in the film feels pretty well interwoven and not like mm-hmm. and here's a message from like <laughs> you know just like let's just put a stop to the flow of the scene and insert this like PSA things come up the way they come up Evie comes from like a wealthier family and Randy and they show that so well visually where the differences of the house that tells you so much just how they're dressed that is telling you enough so when it comes up in conversation it doesn't have to be like you know my family is like broke right and like yeah well you know like my dad is rich and he gives me money and blah 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 (laughs) like it doesn't feel like that like these anvils it's just like yeah like here's my car my guilt my dad's guilt car but like I do be riding it like yeah no yeah I, I know what you mean it did it just felt like randy is like being raised by lesbians and 
they're like they're present in the movie but they're not like picture perfect family whatever they're just like kind of regular parents who just where Mm -hmm. people yell and people disagree and blah blah so that was nice and also just because like randy's a lesbian and is being raised by lesbians doesn't mean that they were gonna all think the same way about everything yeah it's not quite found family per se because one of them is randy's aunt but i like just like how gay this film is from like inside all the way like to the outside rather than taking a narrative that would work for straight people and then like sprinkling gayness on top of it love simon you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah like it was like written to be gay and not like just cookie cutter anything could happen yeah interchange a perfect example of that but you know it's just like you're not considering the person's identity really yeah or personality yeah Actually, okay, I don't think Love, Simon fits as an example of that. I think it fits in just the way of, like, I don't believe gay people are really heavily involved in this, you know? And mm. But, like, in this movie, that's so not the case. Like, just a, another quick little trivia thing. They found locations by searching the lesbian and gay yellow pages and talking to real estate agents. And that's a real thing. I'm not, it's not just like, oh, that was the thing. It's like, I need to know where it's safe to be. Absolutely. Like, where's my community? That's how they found their locations. <laughs> of course, because they weren't, they also weren't trying to get gay bash while making a game movie. <laughs> yeah. Randy's house, they could only dress the set from halfway up the wall up. And like everything below had to be the same or something. Oh no, sorry. That was for um that was for Evie's house. So oh, okay. it's like, okay, mansion house. This part, but we cannot change this. And then we have to put it all back. Once we're done shooting for Randy's house, it was like, okay, we can only have like this room. And I think maybe one other room in the kitchen. It's like, okay. And it was just like asking everyone involved in the crew and everything. Like, do you have something that we can throw on the fridge? Do you have this? <laughs> you have some Like whatever. And just like all these little details. Okay. Like we got the pride flag, put that outside. Like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I just love little details like that. And it informs so much about like what kind of house it is before you even hear anyone talk. Yeah. And like, yeah, she didn't have to say like, oh yeah, my aunt is a lesbian. It's very clear. We know that as soon as we see that exterior and then we go inside, we're like, oh, this is hella gay. They are Mm -hmm. definitely lesbians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it gets clear gay vibes. And then they start arguing about whether, one of the exes should stay with them or not because she needs a place to stay, which is a very gay thing to happen. <laughs> like, she's still family. We're but your exes, but like... No, but we, we've we known each other for so long. It's like, yes, okay. Like, that's my best friend. So <laughs> she has to sleep on the couch. She doesn't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> so lesbian. So great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so I love, I appreciate that about the movie. I also appreciate the like, uh how this main gay character is friends with another gay person because that's usually just what happens it's weird in these movies when like they have like one gay character who might be on the main cast and they have nothing but straight friends i'm like this isn't real it makes sense for evie's character because she's like yeah it makes sense for evie yeah but Mm -hmm. i love that randy's best friend is a gay guy Mm -hmm. and they like have that solidarity with each other because of course she would find the other gay people in her school when everyone's one, when everyone's being 
like homophobic and two like when she's like I'm very clearly gay in these ways who do I bond Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. and their friendship was very cute it was super cute Frank was great Frank was a vibe (laughs) (laughs) I like Frank Frank is a whole mess Frank called Brandy's aunt sir (laughs) (laughs) which is like more levels of gay right <laughs> what do you think about the meet cute honestly it was nice because at least we would need to like end this weird storyline where uh randy's dating a married woman and like i don't we can move on from this please <laughs> but yeah it was uh, that woman was like it was 27 like yeah 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 i'm like okay yes mm-hmm. i get it let's keep going though i think randy needs somebody who's her age please um but it was cute it was just like oh what do i do i need to fix my car and then she's like freaked out and then randy was like all right i'll humor you and like mm-hmm. pretend to do this because I, you're freaked out and it was like it's very sweet and she didn't do that annoying thing that could have happened in like a performing masculinity way where she's like well, I'll show you how to do it. I know more because mm-hmm. I'm I work at this like, you know, gas station or whatever. But mm-hmm. it was just like very sweet and awkward and cute. Very teenagery, which was nice. <laughs> Extremely teenagery. I love that both of them are in relationships that clearly cannot go on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean I don't love it for Andy. Like yikes, yikes, yikes. I'm just not, I'm not here for like lesbians cheating or, or bi women cheating, like those types of things. It's used so much and just the whole age difference. But there was this line that like they were bonding over relationship woes. And Randy says, try going out with a married woman. Um, <laughs> Don't. Like, I'm going to one up you. Like, your dude's just boring, but I'm dating a married woman. <laughs> right. That was so funny that he was just like, yeah, I don't really care. I just don't care about this man. <laughs> just don't care at all. <laughs> no, just had no energy for him at all. She was like, yeah, we should, we should like break up. And he was like, why? I don't know. Just because. Because it seems like we should. It seems like we should, I guess. I don't, it just, okay, I need to. It's boring. <laughs> and he's like destroyed. And she's like, it had to be done. He's like, you're always so intellectual. Mm-hmm. she just doesn't like you i just think she doesn't like you yeah no i thought that was really funny and just the like teenagery we're in detention together and we're gonna, <laughs> i know right we're gonna talk because what else are we gonna be doing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i can't remember like what they were saying but randy says it's cool we're like totally bonded now like this is your first real conversation like no they're close they're best friends so and randy was smitten immediately <laughs> yeah detention ends and someone drives by and calls Randy a dyke. Mm. Evie is completely unfazed, which is like such a big rainbow flag. Like, okay, clearly there's something. And Evie is so unfazed and she's just like, you want to ride home? Yeah. And she also like, honestly doesn't care about being popular. I think it probably just like happened to her. And she's like, I guess. It's like the like three girls that she's like sort of friends with were all just like, but you have to do this. But she's like, I don't really mm-hmm. care. I don't want to. Was it was this like around the time when they were reading? Was it Leaves of Grass? Mm-hmm. Leaves of Grass together, which is a very very gay work. <laughs> Never read that. Like I just need y'all to know it's very gay. So go check it out half the time of your life. 
Oh, and one other thing from earlier, uh, one of the trivia things was like towards the end of the movie, somebody was reading Ruby Fruit Jungle, which is also a super gay book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like they're reading this book together, which is honestly already really like a thing you probably would do with someone that you're into to a degree, like read it and tell me what you think. And then like, we'll write to each other. We'll write letters, full letters to each other. The romance. There's something just so soft and romantic about reading to someone, just reading with them, writing letters to them. It was very cute. Granted, it's also like, like it's, it's a very clear choice, obviously like the romantic and it's 95. So it's like, these are your choices Mm -hmm. that and a phone call to a landline. You know, a cute good morning text is like, it's great. Wow. Do you actually think that? No, I genuinely do. I, I genuinely think it's like great. Can't always just be calling Bill and morning like, good morning. Like I'm getting ready for work, you know, but it's just so different to like receive a letter from someone in their handwriting, even if their handwriting is chicken scratch, <laughs> like it's still their handwriting. It's like something that they touch and took the time to like mail or like hide somewhere for you to find it. It's very cute. It's very romantic. Super cute. You yeah. can't beat it. Have you done that with anyone you're dating? Written letters, yeah. Letters, stories, just like various written things, yeah. Yeah, I drove to someone's mailbox and left something in it once. Well, yeah, like once or a couple times. Yeah. It's technically illegal. Listen, it was so that they would find it when they got there. I'm just saying, technically illegal and don't put anything in anyone's mailbox. You just um, said the whole thing about <laughs> it being cute and suddenly, suddenly... I'm just trying to make sure that you don't get arrested. It wasn't a stranger's <laughs> mailbox. You know, the law don't care about that. Oh my God. <laughs> no, but um, I, I've received mail from people in my city and they put a stamp on it and everything, like, which I'm mm. like, that is just so funny. I mean, honestly, these days <laughs> I could understand you doing that. At first I was like, all right, it's close. You could drive. But like, mm, do you want to get in your car and drive? I'm highway and no. driving this letter over to you. I will mail it put this like what 17 whatever cent stamp on it and move on i used to like exchange a notebook with my friends oh Is I've that done. Ever something that you've done i've done that before with us like not even dating. just like passing notes but like this is our like friendship journal passing it back and forth i did that with someone i was dating it didn't like last for the whole notebook but it was like the first part of it at least i love that yeah it's cute I did it with a group of friends in like seventh grade, I think. And then eighth grade, I guess just two of us were really like, no, (laughs) let's keep this going. So we just had our own and it got confiscated by a teacher because I was was done with my classwork. So I was just writing a letter to my friends and the teacher was on a power trip and took the notebook and like wouldn't give it back. And I was like, you can have it end of the day and you should only be doing classwork and blah 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 like also wouldn't let me do work for other classes so it's basically like okay like give me more work yeah what am i supposed like, to, why me to I do get more work just because i did it faster than everyone else that's on you but yeah i think letters are great write letters to your friends write letters to your partners get uh headphones that you can like put in one ear and then put the other in one of you know the person you put's ear no, 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 no. We're going to level up. We're going to get the headphone splitters. I like the I like the splitter because we both have our own headphones. It's so, true. So it still feels like we're kind of like enclosed in our own world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
but it's nice because we both are getting the full surround sound and not just like in one ear. That's true. The whole middle cutesy montage was just like very nice and pleasant. It's like, wow, look at look at them. They're like, mm. they're hanging out in the field. They're reading books together. They're like making out. They're just doing cute teenage shit. It's like adorable. Is that what you're doing as a teenager? No, absolutely not. Having like really cute field dates? No, no, no. I didn't do any of that. And classical music. <laughs> no, I wasn't listening to classical music in a flower field. I was not. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't. I was I, I was in a lavender field with somebody I was dating once. Wow, so. that's so gay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How have I we never went- heard about this? Uh, it was it was their birthday and they wanted to go to a lavender festival. So we went to this lavender festival and took pictures oh in the fields. I would love that. Um, we have a sunflower festival. Cute. Um, oh my God. That's probably very not pretty. in my city, like nearby, I think. And I have not gone yet. And uh, someone should take me. I'm just saying. Someone be, should take me. Oh my God. That'd be so nice. Um, yeah. What happened after the cutesy scenes? Cause those are the main ones that are like in a memory of like, Oh wow. Cute. Of course. Um, <laughs> I just love those scenes. And I think it perfectly captures the young love kind of energy. And just, yeah. it just feels so sweet. And like we're in our own little world and nothing can hurt us. There's no and just the feeling of like, I really enjoy this person and the exchanging of music and things mm-hmm. that they care about. And like, well, I'm going to take an interest because I like you and I want to know you more. So yeah. I'm going to this classical music and, whatever, and read this book of poetry and whatever. <laughs> and like, aside from that, we get more scenes of just them at their respective homes. We're just learning a little bit more. Like Randy's mom is super religious and she's in jail. I don't think they went further in detail of like, why is she in jail? They just were neat. They were like, she's not here. Okay. She's not coming and she's homophobic, but she's not here. (laughs) Right. And Edie basically lives in the mansion. Her parents Mm -hmm. lived when she was four. Her dad married a white woman, which pissed her mom off. And he bought her a car to buy her forgiveness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then the next time we see the two together, they're at a diner. And there's this whole exchange about holding hands. Oh my God, that was so cute. I think you and I were just talking about this off pod. We were mainly talking about like the differences between being socialized as a girl versus being socialized as a boy and like the rules of affection, mm-hmm. and, like what's allowed. Basically, like guys aren't allowed to touch. So basically anything physical between two guys would be automatically deemed gay. The rules with girls are a little different. It's yeah. like... Well, Randy would get away with less because she is masculine presenting. So she's not conforming to like the rules of her gender. And so that automatically is read as queer. And so then you're not allowed to engage in any kind of affection with other girls. But it's going to be read as queer, even if that's not your intention. Yeah. Uh, Just because we know like you're attracted to girls and so Mm -hmm. you're attracted to everyone and Mm -hmm. you're like a pervert and whatever. All that bullshit. Yeah. But if you are straight and slash you are conforming to like feminine gender presentation, then you get a pass. So any affection between you and and another girl is just kind of like, oh yeah, that's all right. Like you can hug, you can like hold hands and it's cool. Yeah, um, it's not taken seriously. 
Yeah. There might be like an age limit to that. And like after a certain point, then it's like, okay, well, you can still do that. But in specific contexts, mm. when you're like a super young kid, like it's definitely a free for all where it's like, yeah, hold hands, whatever. Cool, cool, cool. It's fine. So Evie is not understanding because Randy's like, I really, I want to shock you, but I want to hold your hand. And Evie's like, like, all right, yeah. hold hands with girls. Sure. <laughs> and Randy's like, girls like me. Evie's just like completely naive. Like, why can't we hold hands? And Randy's like, because we would get the shit beyond of us. Like, you're extremely sheltered. And then Evie says, well, unshelter me. Damn. Yeah. Kind of gay ass shit. I mean, also, that could be read in two ways. It could be like, yeah, she's like, I could sort of do whatever in this area because I like raise a feminine teenage girl. And also, she could have had some like, gayish situations happen and it just sort of be very either understood or just like very understated or not like clear because I can imagine her meeting other people when she was younger and just kind of reading it gave vibes but not and being in denial about it because she's very go with the flow yeah I like the specificity of their experiences like Randy is probably not going to really know what that is like because from mm-hmm. what I'm gathering like she's always been a tomboy Mm-hmm. and has not really been able to blend in in that kind of way versus someone like Evie who's more feminine and everything it can take a while to understand your queerness yeah like, because it's not being shoved at you as an option which is both a good and a bad yeah. thing because it's like people aren't making you feel like shit because it's a possibility I think it could be a thing for you or they are like forcing you into this one way of being as like, you you know, clearly a straight woman or that's what you're going to grow up to mm-hmm. be. So the option is just, that's kind of it. And then when yeah. you reject that, it just feels like this rejection of everything people project on you. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, you know, people talk about like privileges, but sometimes in a way that I'm like, you're missing the mark because some, some wouldn't say like, Evie has like passing privilege or something, which is also annoying just because of racial reasons and that getting kind of like erased by language like that. But just like you can blend in better than I can purely because of gender expression and gender presentation in terms of clothing. Mm. But like you're both experiencing homophobia, but in different ways. Like, Mm -hmm. so Randy is getting one version, like people driving by and like screaming slurs at her just because of like what she looks like. We can't clearly put a mark on you. It's making us uncomfortable. I think I can tell that you're a woman. So this is a mismatch. And so that equals this. And then Evie's getting this experience where because she fits in outwardly, she gets like a front row seat to everyone just like sharing their bigoted beliefs because they think she's one of them. So they're still experiencing homophobia in different ways. Kind of like having that battle of like, no one knows. And when am I going to be found out? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a ticking time bomb for Evie because eventually they're going to find out. Like I'm not one of them. Mm -hmm. And I know that they hate that (laughs) because I see how they're acting with other people. And they did. They like, I mean, it's just like, it feels, I'm sure feels like to her, it could be a quick loss of all her social ties because it happened in swiftly as soon as her so-called friends found out they're just like here's every microaggression right ew gross 
And How dare um, you? Clearly, we can't hang out because you're a pervert. So yeah, it's like yikes. Ooh, we we didn't know this. Well, sorry, we're not really your friends. Except that, like, there's one friend who was like, "Did you see that special about the two girls going to prom? <laughs> I think you would like that." Probably, like maybe a couple of days from now or whatever, that person will be like, yeah, I fucked that up, but like, I support you. We should still be friends. They're tripping. <laughs> right. I'm just thinking about like, Evie's experience, experience also with being a black person, just the like, I don't know if you experienced this, but I definitely was just like, well, like that's enough. <laughs> I'm already experiencing shit over that. Why add anything else to the plate, you know? <laughs> I mean, it does feel like a lot, especially if it's like you don't at various points or any point have like anyone black and gay around you or black and queer in some way. Or just You're just black like, oh, this is a small ass town. Like, or just black, black at all. It's her mom. Like, yeah, there's like maybe one or two kids at school. Not that many. Her boyfriend. Oh, right. Her, her boyfriend that she doesn't talk to no more. Right. Where's the community? Yeah. So that's a lot in itself. I think that especially would make you want to blend in. Mm-hmm. more just like okay well like i can't rock the boat you know there's no hiding that part but like they haven't given me shit over that so let's just roll with it even though they're kind of awful and boring like, she just seems so bored by everyone around her does not care about any of these people <laughs> she's just like oh god y'all have anything to say anything interesting <laughs> like literally like i'm done with all of you but gosh, Evie is great, but we were just talking about the journeys to figuring out your queerness and like how that can look different. If your queerness is just like really obvious to people versus whether it isn't. And like that, I think probably would make it hard to know exactly what you're feeling if like you are allowed to have like affection with like people of the same gender mm-hmm. to a point. And like when I was growing up, I just had so many fucking weird experiences with straight girls that were just like this is pretty homoerotic but like maybe it's not but like you're straight at least i think you're straight what is this <laughs> just just a lot of, just a lot, straight girls you need to calm down with how you interact <laughs> with your people is all i have to say I, probably I think straight guys too i think straight guys are weird with their with their gay friends <laughs> but then at least half of those people aren't, aren't going to be straight in a couple of years like at least half the people that i'm thinking of as far as I know, still identify as straight. Yeah, okay, true. Sometimes it's just people do stay straight. And then sometimes, you know, things change. I just like, I think you should just like think about things that you be doing. Just think about it. I just feel like if you're telling your friend, you know, if only I could date you kind of things, you're probably queer. Yeah, it doesn't read straight. I just want you to know, like, that's totally a possibility. Like, if you are thinking that about your friend, you probably do want to date them. It could, and it could be a thing, possibly, depending on that friend. You never know. They could be into you. There's no way to know yeah. until you, till you, you know, see if the opportunity arises. Right. And then you could, you too can have lovely dates in the fields with mm-hmm. Walt Whitman. And, you know, it'll be a really, really cute time. Yeah. And very well done sex scenes where it looks like you actually <laughs> care about each other. I'm sure other things have happened, but we've basically been leading up to these two <laughs> consummating their love gosh Ew, I hate that term. It's so <laughs> weird why is that a thing like consummate the marriage when i got randomly super into married at first sight for like a couple of months i uh, watched like four or five seasons of this show and it's far too many episodes for me to watch that many seasons 
But every time they would have these like therapy meetings with the couples or whatever, and they would be like, so have you consummated your marriage yet? And I'm like, it's just gross. <laughs> it's not a real marriage until you consummate it. Fuck this, sentence, this sentence sucks, like in a bunch mm-hmm. of ways anyway, because like, mm-hmm. what, what a weird question to ask. It's the same when you're asking someone. Also, don't ask people that. <laughs> right. It, it's the same thing when you're talking to uh, people who are said they're trying to have a baby and you're like, are you, have y'all started trying yet? Like, are we fucking without condoms? Is that what you're are, asking me? Are you fucking raw? Right, like, why are you asking this this weird question? Are you fucking... Oh, yeah, we've been trying so hard. (laughs) We fuck with our condoms all the time. So Mm. often. It's like, why... I wish I didn't know this. Yeah, I think it's fun to just say, like, I'm pregnant, there is a baby, here's a baby. You know, like, we could just... Like, we don't need to weirdly be involved in this person's like sex I need to life. know like oh I'm like kind of creeped out when people are like really like they they trace back the like date of conception like, <laughs> how, how are you able to pinpoint it like you don't fuck enough for it to like be a bit of a question I'm thinking specifically of the scene in parenthood Christina ends up pregnant and they're like, well, how did that happen? Like at her husband, Adam and Christina's like, well, I think it was the night where like we were watching Lena or whatever the fuck. And like, we had a lot of wine, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Is the implication that they like didn't wear a condom or that they just don't have sex a lot? I think both because, because <laughs> remember they had that whole like storyline with Funky Town. Like they had to schedule sex because oh, their yeah, lives were yeah. so busy, which yeah. like, that's fine. But I was more just like, what does the wine have to do with this? You have to be drunk to be turned on? Oh, clearly, if we we had a lot of wine, and you know, otherwise so, you you wouldn't uh, have had sex if you didn't if you weren't kind. Would of you have remembered a condom if you didn't have the wine? What were you supposed to take away from that? That straight people truly don't try enough because you have to be slightly tipsy to be able to have sex. But this Wait, scene was very how cute. Did get here. Their sex scene in this movie. It was like, mm. I was like, wow, look at that. This was like clearly not made by a man. <laughs> you know, my favorite fun fact about this scene is that there was some issue when they shot it originally. And so they had to do reshoots. But at the time of reshooting the scene, Nicole Ari Parker had like shaved her head. I think it might have been for another role or just. She could have just been like, yeah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Cut this off. And so they had to shoot it in a way that that wouldn't be like really apparent. That's I hilarious. think they succeeded. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't notice. What's up with this? Because they thought about like trying to get a wig situation. I'm just glad that they did it. Honestly, it was just like, cool. Yeah, just... that would have probably looked bad. What did you like about that scene? Even leading up to the scene, just the whole romantic date night. <laughs> oh, where they were like just <laughs> trashing her house, kind of. It's like, was there oh a God. Is, is this necessary? <laughs> yeah, look, doing so much. But like they got high, right? And then they oh, were yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. cook everything in this let's fridge. Let's cook we're everything. Just, because they were just like, like let's eat everything. <laughs> let's eat ev- like everything in your fridge as if y'all don't have she can't eat dinner later. And let's not put anything back and let everything right. <laughs> Just sit outside on the counters. Of course her mom was pissed. You ruined her kitchen. Like, what? Destroyed all the food. Uh, the boldness of them fucking in Evie's mom's bed. Yeah, that was, I wouldn't uh, do that. 
I don't know. I wouldn't do that. Um, gross. <laughs> yeah. I know it's no. bigger, but no. But damn. <laughs> <laughs> the disrespect. Yeah. Although I will say though, like Evie's mom was just like kind of too much in her shit. And I'm just like. Very much. Let her go more. Give her, like, give her some space. It felt very like a uh, fun and intimate because it's like we're mm-hmm. having a good time together and then they probably did that like a movie Pretty, thing where yeah you turn and look and then you stop and then you're just like then you <laughs> that's when you start doing something like kissing whatever like you know like yeah. you stop and look and can see, like wait is this the moment food is just intimate in general and I don't even yeah. mean that in a, like a romantic way or, per se or sexual like but just the act of like preparing food with someone and sharing a meal with someone is just so intimate. And I love that they were cooking together and eating with yeah. their hands and they're just like giggling together and it's it was so adorable. Cute. And their sex scene was so sweet. Like mm-hmm. it's very sweet. I thought it was like handled in a way that didn't feel like super exploitative. I don't know, like yeah, like exploitative and like lecherous and gross. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like. Like, it wasn't like, we're going to show you everything, but it was clearly, we're going to make it clear what's happening. You know, it's like, we're not pretending Mm -hmm. like they're not having sex, but we're just not like being on a 10 about it. Yeah. It was just, it was very romantic and just Mm -hmm. like, they like kind of climax (laughs) because that's the turning point. And then everything after that is the fallout. Yikes. Yeah. Right. They're like, fuck, I guess her mom's mad. So we have to run away together. yeah which honestly is just such like a like it's not like obviously you know like she's pissed and she's like upset or whatever so you're like this isn't gonna be good yeah the mom Mm -hmm. but like let's run away and stay in a motel together because everyone's gonna hate us it's such a teenager thought process it's like it's not gonna go well after this like maybe they could be right but also it's complicated it is but i like it so much because it's just very this is their first love yeah and they're just like we're in it together even though like you cannot pull up in a hotel forever but like right we'll figure it out everything felt really realistic i if it felt nice that like we're not nice but like i liked that it doesn't end in a like neat little package yeah because that's not real it's not i just enjoyed this movie I wanted to talk a little bit more just about like the visual language of the movie. And what did you think about it? Like in what way? You know, this is an indie movie, Mm -hmm. limited budget, limited time to shoot things. Like I watched the commentary and the director was just talking about how extremely tight everything was and just Mm -hmm. purely off of necessity. They shot in 16 millimeter in anticipation of 35 millimeter blow up. They only shot in 21 days. 16 week, 12 hour days. They had four weeks of rehearsal. That's something that you don't usually have in feature films. So that was like one of the only benefits of having no money. So it was like, we're going to rehearse this and like, that's it. That's it. Because we can't just shoot things over and over and over and over and over again. The director was talking about how even simple scenes were difficult to shoot. Like there's a sequence with Evie in the car and Randy outside of it. And it looks really simple, but it took hours and hours because they have different skin tones in the same frame. And then yeah. also being in different lighting situations, like one person mm. like being more in sunlight, another person mm-hmm. being in shadow. They pulled it off, like hats off to the cinematographer because you figured it out. <laughs> and then they shot a lot of poetic 
visual vignettes for transitional mm-hmm. moments because they didn't have money for a traditional transitional sequence. And like other things, like, you know, they had the, I, they had like the Charlie Brown situation with the yeah. teacher. That yeah, was yeah. because they didn't have an actor. I assume so. Right. So it was like, how can we shoot this in a way that gets the point of the scene across? And so they would have all of these creative workarounds. Worked pretty well for me. I mean, it's not, I don't really need there to be extra teacher characters necessarily because it wasn't like about, it made it so that it was much easier for it to just be like about these two people because you really Mm -hmm. don't have that many actors on set anyway. Right. I mean, I think it's great because a lot of the scenes, you can effectively tell the story without having so many extras. Yeah. yeah, And it does make the film feel a lot cozier. I'm sure it would have been a great movie. Obviously, like they had more money and they had the budget and time to get all of the shots they wanted, like from all of the angles and the reactions, because you have a lot of the like, you're holding on one person more than you would if you had the luxury of more film. There are a couple of scenes where it was like, this is literally all we have. And so it's ending a little abruptly, but you're going into a vignette. I like the vignettes. I don't know. It fit the vibe, I think. Yeah, like feel, it felt, it made sense with the whole vibe of the movie. You can you can tell a lot in just that little bit where it's like you're putting a voiceover on top of it. So there's still like these layers and textures to it that it doesn't just feel like, why am I looking at, mm-hmm. you know? And so it still feels like it's helping move things along. Yeah. And it's really creative. I mean, we've seen plenty of movies that, I think don't handle those limitations as well as this one does. That's definitely true. Like for a movie that didn't have a lot of money, it felt very like, like I felt engaged and that the characters Mm -hmm. made sense that the story, because it was so like, it's like small scale and like very centered around just these two teenagers falling in love. Like we are just giving Mm -hmm. space and time to that. So we have like, we're going to give the movie room to do it and not try and do too many things at once. I think if you have like a team of people who just really obviously care about the material, it really, really comes through. Even if you have limited budget and you have limited time and you like all of these things that are working, like actively working against you, the end result is so, so well done. Like that's true. They end up with something that has like a really specific kind of like, I guess tone or what, like when I think of this movie, I just like have a specific feeling. And that's so much about the imagery that they pulled off with this. If you watch the commentary, like it's endearing because the director and slash writer, she's just like, Oh, what I would have done differently kind of thing. And just like, I hope it's okay. Like, <laughs> that was stuff, fine. Like, like, no, but like they had a lot of really interesting camera angles and like shots mm-hmm. and like they're doing like, more with like, okay, let's pan and stuff. And how can we make it interesting with these limits? Mm-hmm. Like, what can we do so that it's not just like a static shot or it's not just like your standard, you know, just like, how can we just make this more like artistic and creative and interesting for the viewer? Yeah. I mean, the question's sort of already answered, but do you feel like this movie is um, holds up well? Do you like it? Do you not like it? It's a mystery. Yeah, I think especially... With what we've watched so far, we both had ones where we have fondness. Maybe the other person hadn't seen it. And like they were a little bit of a letdown. And I'm really glad that this one holds up to my memory of it. And it still is an enjoyable watch. It still feels very sweet. 
Yeah, it definitely holds up. And I would give it at least like four out of five, four point five out of five. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I feel like, I mean, I kind of remembered it roughly how it was. I appreciate a movie that is like, we're not going to try and do everything. I mean, they literally couldn't because they didn't have the money for that. Mm -hmm. But still, you could still try and do everything. And then the like plots get lost and everything's things are just too much or like it's too complicated. They were like, here's a very clear plot that's really just about these two people falling in love. And we're just going to watch them do cute things together. And it's going to be very nice and sweet. And there's chemistry. And that's really all you need. And um, yeah. Yeah. It was very yeah. cute. <laughs> 4.5 out of 5, 2, 4 out of 5. Yeah, somewhere in there. I feel like I would, mm-hmm. I watch it again. I've watched it a couple times. Maybe like invite, you know, your crush to watch this lovely lesbian romance with you. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Any final thoughts? I think that's pretty much all of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have like thousands of thoughts in this movie, but I have very nice thoughts in this movie, you know? Yeah. Like it's like, it's just, it's just like, mm, it feels good. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, it's very clear what it is. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a very pleasant, lovely watch. It's really great, especially with a lot of like some movies either queer baiting or doing a bait and switch Mm -hmm. where it's just like, okay, but like I was promised gay things and it's like, you know, 40 minutes in and um, where's the gay romance? You don't have to worry about that immediate gay things just immediate i mean they're in love the title told you you're not gonna be disappointed by that yeah they waste no time they don't it's like right yeah also if you are a film nerd do yourself a favor and get the dvd and watch the commentary because there's just so many interesting things about the behind the scenes process and we didn't have enough time to get into all of that but go watch it yeah well okay well what are we watching next time Next time, we'll be covering one of the most wholesome queer shows on Netflix, Heartstopper. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Taking TV Too Seriously. You can listen in and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating. In between episodes, follow us on Instagram at Taking TV Too Seriously. You can also reach us at Taking TV Too Seriously at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. 